Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Hayden with Hill Pursuit, and this is episode 70 of the show. Believe it or not, we have finally hit episode 70. It's pretty exciting. Um, we have another little guest today. Unfortunately, Mitch couldn't join me, a little busy tonight. So um, you guys know him well, Coach Kenny, one of our nutrition coaches, joined me tonight. Um, we had a great conversation about a few different things. Um, we didn't really even try this, but we went down the rabbit hole of whether or not an athlete should care about their weight, um, regardless of their sport and season, should an athlete care about their weight? We kind of have that discussion for quite a bit, actually, and the importance of a performance outcome versus a number on a scale and any and everything in between. Um, quick athlete shout out. Uh, one of my athletes absolutely destroyed an FTP. So listen along um, for that shout. And kind of just the the concept of athletes having sometimes what we refer to as like a blind faith in programming. So we talk about that concept a little bit, kind of just like trusting the process. Um, the day-to-day -day grind can get can get really boring, really tedious, um, right? But um, seeing seeing yourself kind of crossing that finish line in months um, is, is really, really important. So we speak to that point of, of trusting that process for quite some time. But athletes are definitely built in the off-season. We emphasize that, talk about those key elements um, over time. And then lastly, we kind of, we kind of close it out with a little, uh, little bro talk, a little discussion on cold water immersion, the cold plunge, super popular today. Um, is it a fad? Is it real? Is there any real science behind it? Um, so we kind of dive into that. And I know you're probably thinking about it because you've probably seen it in about a hundred different places. Is the cold plunge a real thing? I started it myself. Is it a real thing? Is it is it bro science or is it real science? So we, we kind of dive into that a little bit. And um, we also kind of speak to uh, what Kenny, what Coach Kenny is doing with his nutrition short clips. Um, that The same that Coach Ashley will be doing once she, once we get a formal introduction um, podcast episode for her, she will be doing the same. We're really, really excited about that collaborative effort with our new nutrition coaches. So um, this is episode 70. And, and if you're following along, thank you for doing so. You can, you can find us anywhere, um, Facebook, Instagram, we're on YouTube, all at Hill Pursuit. So just search for Hill Pursuit. You'll find us everywhere. Um, if you need to reach out to us, um, email hillpursuit.gmail.com. Find us, comment, check out the website, hillpursuit.com. Um, the blog, all other podcast episodes, YouTube clips. The podcast is on Spotify, Podbean, Google, Apple. All right. So if you are following and you've been following, thank you for doing that. Please continue to do so. Share, um, like, subscribe to all of our all of the things. And, um, you know, we, we really appreciate any any support that that we get. So thank you for doing that. Um, I think that's all I have for right now. This is episode 70 of the Hill Pursuit Podcast. Enjoy. up how we doing doing good doing good happy tuesday yeah i feel I, i'm about to say long time no see but it's just becoming um like a, a regular occurrence now you're just like on the show you're just 
you're just a part of the show now, man. You're just a part of the show. I kind of, kind of passively, aggressively forced my way into this. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, little shout to Mitch. Mitch has just been super busy. So, um, yeah, thanks to, thanks to you for filling in and, uh, maybe it will be something more permanent anyway. So we'll just have yeah. to join whenever you can. But, um, yeah. How are things, dude? Good. Good. Can't complain. You know, busy week. Mm. New stuff has been going well. Train's been going well. Uh, over here in California, they have a uh, what's called a ski week every single year, which is like a early spring break for all the kids. So I had a couple of people out of town last week, but uh, back to business as usual and back to being busy. Yeah, nice, dude. So what does um, <clears throat> what do you mean when you say busy? Like, what's your day consist of? Honest question, not like a <laughs> not like a softball question for the show. Honest question: What does your day consist of? Uh, so just work wise, uh, typically I do normally what's called like a split shift. So, I mean, anybody that knows a personal trainer, you work when other people can't. Yeah. So, um, so basically any time in the morning and late evening, most mm -hmm. of the time. Right? So just to give you a little rundown for me, uh, I wake up either at four or five o'clock in the morning, every single day. Uh, first client this is normally either at five or six <laughs> and then well, from five or six till about 10 or 11 get like a two to four hour break and then probably train two to four other people in the evening. Yeah. So you're just grinding. Oh yeah. But I love my job. Man. Uh, it's easy. You know, I get to hang out with my clients for the most part. And I mean, most of them I would even consider friends now with some of them. I've been training them for like three or four years. So it's not a, uh, it doesn't feel like work, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's when you know you made it, man. And when you're getting, yeah. in, it doesn't feel like work for sure. Oh, I know. Well, dude, that's why I chose the major that I chose. I was like, wait a second. I was like, I train people and show people how to do deadlifts and pull-ups for a living. And <laughs> yeah. Freaking wild. <laughs> I know. I know, dude. Um, so how have you been feeling, you know, you know, following the pull-up thing? Any Anything lingering? Anything you have to, like, get formally checked out? I don't know if we technically followed up on that. Uh, no, I mean, for the most part now, I mean, it's been what I did it December 10th, uh, body is a hundred percent. Uh, I guess pretty much I've been focusing solely on strength stuff, minimal cardio, just because that's pretty much all I did for like seven, eight months. Sure. And, uh, one other little fun fact for you too. Uh, so December 10th, I weighed 144, 145 pounds. And today I weighed 186.7 pounds. Oh, I was going to say 75. Wow. 186. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, uh, kind of wild. Um, didn't really expect that number. Uh, I haven't been like eating the whole kitchen, you know, nothing crazy. Uh, I haven't been tracking, so I have absolutely no idea how much food I'm eating currently, but I, about 40 pounds in about what's that? Uh, almost three months. <laughs> so I absolutely love this. I love that topic. I, we kind of just backed into that. Like we didn't, I'm not saying we have to do a, a full cast on this topic, but I absolutely love talking about like how much an athlete weighs and whether or not that's important, you know, different times of the season based on goals and stuff. Dude, that's, it's such like a, it's such a hot topic with people who, you know, care about what they weigh or, you know, associate some positive feeling with a certain number or maybe a negative feeling with another number. So 
hearing you say, oh, this is what I weighed, you know, three or four months ago. And I, I didn't know until today that I weighed this much more. Like, dude, who cares? I kind of I kind of feel like who freaking cares because you're doing what you want to do. You're you're exercising. It's not like you're eating ho-hos and Twinkies all day long, you know. So it's, you know, you know, it's a side note, we have this this full, um, you know, nutritionist nutrition expert short series that we're starting on YouTube, ironically, but that you're, you're kind of leading the way on with, with our other nutrition expert, but you know, it's not like you're eating garbage food and, and you're eating to fuel your life, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I'm just like a huge proponent of that. Um, I think the scale matters to some degree. Of course, you, you know, you, you have to, you have to be healthy, but however you know just your feeling of overall health is equally if not more important than any number on a scale not to mention if you're an athlete your performance is is more of a metric to me than a number i don't know what do you got on that 100 man i mean like i for my current goal obviously it's strength based now um i really don't care what the number says on the scale because i mean unless i were to go out and try and compete in powerlifting or something else then obviously you have to class uh but kind of to touch on one thing that you briefly spoke about which was you know depending on what type of season you're in whether i know you know mostly you know triathlon or endurance people you know you want a good body weight to strength ratio and all those things too but like you do need to give your body a break give yourself some time to rebound where i mean if you put yourself in a caloric surplus and you're in like a i guess you'd say like a uh, off season you're focusing more on like your strength and power or whatever you probably want to be in a surplus i mean you do want to yeah. gain some at, like you want to try and put on some tissue like if you weigh 160 pounds and say you're uh i don't know 25 percent body fat right i would much rather you be 155 pounds or only lose 10 pounds let's say but then you were able to maintain a good body composition because yeah. like you brought up about the scale too it's a super easy metric for a lot of people to use but the problem is is that it doesn't reflect uh, well, first off, your performance, and second, uh, how much lean tissue you lost or gained. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that focus more on your performance outcomes, focus more on how your strength is going up, because normally most of the time, it, I mean, there isn't like a direct association with strength gains and the amount of lean tissue that you're putting on. But if you are trending and your numbers are going up, do realize that you might be putting on muscle and you might want to stick with what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, in the off season, you know, when, when you're dropping excessive, you know, speaking to the triathlete example, or just endurance athlete, you're dropping the volume significantly. Uh, You know, you're not training 15 hours a week anymore. You might be training like eight or nine, maybe 10, maybe six or seven, you know, in the off season. And some of that is really heavy lifting. And even if you don't, you know, change the amount you're eating, right? You fall into what you referred to as a surplus because you're not expending as much, but keep the quality of your food, you know, um, a, a healthy quality. And, you know, I, I feel like it's okay to, to gain a little bit. And you, you probably have some better insight on this, but I mean, you're going to gain some weight in the off season. And, you know, I, I ran this race just this past weekend just a little 10 mile, like little tester, which was really fun. And I'm probably about 10 pounds heavier than my marathon 
in September. Um, I feel I feel completely fine. I don't now. Can I go run that marathon at the same exact pace right now? No, but I'm not in a heavy marathon block. But and I just got off of a few months of heavy lifting, and I'm just now transitioning to what I would say is like an in season. I'm probably I would say I'm probably like preseason right now for maybe another couple of weeks, and then into like a four or five month in season. You know it. You, it's it's just not year round. You just can't hold the intensity and the volume year round. Your body can't stay at one forty five year round. I mean, it, what a great example. I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a great example though. I mean, in in strength to or sorry, like strength to mass or power to mass sports. You know, probably triathlon more like power to mass. You're looking at like watt per kg on the bike, right? So, I mean, yeah, it matters, but it doesn't. You're not doing yourself a favor. If you're cutting weight with, you know, um, garbage bags and and wetsuits, uh, like you're wrestling in, you know, what 2005, you're not you're not doing yourself any favors if you're trying to cut weight like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're just gonna completely dehydrate yourself, and you're gonna have no no fuel for performance whatsoever. So, um, yeah, I guess that's just a a, a long way around saying, you know measure your performance metrics, measure your performance metrics. Those are way more important than your, um, than a number on a scale, because you're right. You gain weight, a certain, certain percentage of that pound, that single pound that you gain is going to be lean tissue. And another percentage of that weight, that pound you gain is going to be fat. That's likely with every pound. Now, like I said, you probably have a little bit more understanding of that, but you know, it's hard it's hard mentally for some people man and um you know you see it all the time all the time everywhere you know people just being too worried about the number so anyways I know you didn't intentionally try to go down that rabbit hole but I'm glad you shared that because that's definitely relevant and that's a um a good one to a good start to like a a key point to, to kind of touch on real quick before we dive into anything else I wanted to mention um a couple different things so first of all, um, with Hill Pursuit, we just started and you joined it, which is great. So I want people to know we just started an active athlete um, like Facebook group. So if you are an active athlete listening, just find the group, join it. Um, you know, you have to request to join. We'll, we'll put you in there. We, we just started it. So there's really only a handful of people in there now, but just a, a nice little community for people to kind of come together, ask questions learn about what's going on, you know, communicate, lean on one another, whatever that, whatever the case may be. So do that. If you are an active hill pursuit athlete, um, that goes for any athlete that, that I have in victory multi-sport as well. I wanted to speak to victory multi-sport this is really sweet. I, I don't know if we even told you this, but, um, the dates, um, I don't know if this is hundred percent live yet, but it's coming. We're um, victory is going to be having a, a team triathlon camp on the first week of June out where we're at in Western PA. So uh, if you're listening and you're in the area, it's going to be somewhere around Moraine state park. Um, we'll be in the cranberry area, probably in the open um, the outdoor pool in North park, I believe some spaces out there, maybe cranberry Y, whatever in that general vicinity. Um, we're going to have a team triathlon camp on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, culminating in, you know, a Sunday 
get together, um, beverages, stories, um, you know, chatting with coaches and new, new friends, new athletes, whatever. So if that interests you, just keep your, um, keep your eyes open. Um, because, um, I'll, I'll post that info once it's finalized, I guess. Um, and then I really only had one other thing I wanted to touch on before we, you know, dive into anything else, but had an athlete today. So his name's Sky. I'm giving you a shout out, Sky. He um, repeated a, a functional threshold power test on the bike, um, you know, eight, 10, eight, 10 weeks, whatever, whatever the timing was, his fitness was improving. So we did the test again. Um, and that's how you should do it. Do you do it every month? Absolutely not. That's not enough time to really gain enough fitness. Right. But um, his fitness was improving. So we reassessed his FTP on the bike um, and it jumped up just exponentially. It was awesome to see that. Um, I, I know the numbers, Scott, you know, the numbers, it went up, it went up pretty good. And, um, it was just awesome to see, uh, because he's putting in lots of really hard work. Everybody's dealing with like tiny little nagging injuries at different points of the season. He's been dealing with a couple tiny ones. Bill just crushed it and improved his fitness big time. So big shout out to sky. And, um, it's just a, it's just a testament to, um, I guess kind of what we we wanted to dive into is just like trusting the process over like the long haul, you know, yeah. and this dude has just been absolutely crushing workouts and it's been months and we revisit, you know, a test like this and to see this, you know, I saw the numbers and I'm not, I didn't say, Hey, what's your body weight? What do you weigh? You know, the, the dude improved his performance period. Um, so it, it was just awesome to see. And I think it's just a great example of just trusting the process, you know, having a little bit of, you know, what you might call like blind faith and, you know, in, in, in the, you know, the mornings you're waking up at four o'clock and you're getting on the bike for an hour and you're just holding the zone two intensity it might be the most boring thing in the world, but you got to see, you got to see past just that, all things add up. Yeah, you got it. You got to see. Yeah, like what? What is the saying? Like many, many small penny make big dollar or something like that. Like you got to see past that that blank wall at four in the morning when you're just riding at a zone two pace. I mean, you got to see the finish line of that race that you're planning for in four months, five months, and he's just crushing it. Just a great example of that. So I wanted to give him a shout. I was uh, I was actually going to briefly talk about two other things, too. And I think it's uh, kind of hilarious that we we're talking about both these topics. So first thing was uh, I had a bo body composition change that I literally just posted today. Uh, oh, one, really? of my, yeah, one of my clients said uh, he finally I mean, he's been working out with me now for about six or seven months. And he finally was ready to take his nutrition seriously. Uh, some people, especially in the Bay Area, do have, uh, I guess you'd say, some dietary restrictions, a lot of vegetarians, vegans and whatever else. So we worked around his meal plan. Uh, dude, it just goes to show the guy lost four pounds of fat and gained, or sorry, gained four pounds of muscle and lost 2.1 pounds of fat in 33 days. Just from following a higher protein diet, cleaning up his food and resistance training. The second thing that I was going to say is that uh, I had another client of mine who we've been, he told me he wanted to be able to do a pull for the first time. And dude, I, mean, I saw that one. I think I'm kind of qualified to help people. Pull pull up up. King. <laughs> 
Um, so he, uh, yeah, so he started with uh, 66 pounds of assistance from a machine, wasn't able to do more than five. And then fast forward five months, he trusted the process. And now he was able to do about three clean-ish reps with 20 pounds of extra load. So yeah. nothing crazy, man. Just regular old strength training. And that's, you just got to trust it. That's all you got to do. I mean, like, uh, I know that we were just talking about athletes too, but I mean, athletes are built in off season, right? You're not going to get better. I, I mean, you might be able to get better during like a race <clears throat> prep getting into a race if you do everything correctly, but like where you build speed, where you build like extra stamina, where you build power, like all those things happen when you're in like the best state where you're able to train and eat more calories because you're not worried about your weight. Like most of these triathlon people are, and that's when you're actually going to get better. Not when you're, you know, working out, you know, like you said, like 16 hours a week, you're building yourself into a prep, obviously, and you're going to be in better shape for it. But like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that that extra lean tissue that you're going to put, put on during the off season is going to be the thing that's going to carry you to the finish line when you're actually in season two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a, what a great, what a great line athletes are built in the off season. I mean, such a, it's so much truth to that. And um, it's hard, you know, I think it's hard because I think the world we live in, right. We live in a fallen world. So <laughs> the world we live in people just like right here, right now, they just want everything. Yep. Doesn't, doesn't even matter what it is. They want everything right here, right now. You start with a coach, you want that 5k under 20 minutes, boom, immediately. You know, you want to be able to run, uh, you know, a sub three or a sub four, whatever your goal is marathon boom immediately but like this stuff takes time you know and which sorry i was just gonna say man which is crazy because like dude i live in the bay area with some of the smartest like most successful people on the planet and these people have phds and tons of formal education just like you dude how hard did you have to freaking work to get your district or write your dissertation defend it and all those things you had to work so many years and hours or whatever and i'm like dude Take all that education, all that crap that you had to do when you were in school and apply that to this and you'll be a freaking superstar. Yeah. Like, it's it's just, man, it's just so, so much easier said than done. And I, you know, people, people just get hung up and, you know, the, the truth, you know, we've all seen the joke or the meme where like the kid goes to the gym and like does a push up and then pulls his shirt up and is like looking to see if he has abs already. It's like, that's what people want though. That's what they want. They want to, they want to do a rep. They want to do a set. They want to put in an hour and then they go home and it's like, what, how do I measure what I did today? What, how do I measure the improvement I made? And you just can't, you just can't, it doesn't happen in a day. Like you, you might have that client come in and then one day they eventually get a pull up. They do a pull-up eventually, right? That's measurable. But aside from that type of victory, man, you're not going to – you don't see your body change. You don't, no. see, you don't see your aesthetics change. You don't, you don't see you, yourself putting lean mass on. I mean, you're looking at, what, 8 to 12 weeks before you would notice something on yourself, maybe, if it's, if it's like, dialed in. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, and I mean – that's funny you say the whole um you know not to like move on i guess it's funny you you reference like my dissertation because i was somewhat indirectly going to talk about that a little bit so um we can continue with this or we can i was just going to talk a little bit about um 
<laughs> the cold plunging that I've been doing. What do you think about cold plunging? Or do you want to keep talking about um, body comp? Uh, I mean, I think we kind of summarized body composition. Yeah. I mean, it's not, uh, for anybody that does listen, I mean, if like we just said, too, you're not going to notice day-to-day changes. But what I would say for most people, and a lot of people might know this, just make sure that whenever you start something that you're like taking seriously, whether that's, you know, your nutrition or exercise or whatever, take a picture of yourself when you first start, right? Because like you won't notice day by day changes, like take right. a picture of yourself and then look at yourself six months later. That's going to be, if that's what you have to do to keep yourself motivated, do it. Like that's, yeah. I summarize all that. That's what I would say. But uh, what do I think of cold plunges? <laughs> they, suck. they suck, but they're great. <laughs> yeah. So the the reason I was just going to bring it up, first of all, I have to give credit where it's due. So first of all, um, I haven't done a cold plunge until the past like two weeks since I was in high school, to be honest. Um, I, I, I studied it in my doc program for like three years because I ultimately like my dissertation was on cold water immersion. So I became somewhat of a, you know, a content expert, I guess you could say in terms of like cold water immersion, but I had, I never had any intention of kind of getting back into it or, or ever like implementing it until two or three weeks ago, my brother-in-law. So there's the credit. I have to give him credit. My brother-in-law, um, huge Joe Rogan guy. <laughs> and of course, Rogan had somebody on recently and was talking about cold plunge and, for the most part, people talk about cold plunge and they're like, oh, yeah, it's super hard. That's why I do it. And, you know, that's fine. Whatever. It's hard. So, of course, you know, you do you put your body through something hard. That in itself could be a victory and you're gaining something from that. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, so he took interest in it. He took he started like researching and researching it a little bit. And the way that it's kind of implemented now, it's just kind of uh, almost like turned into this massive fad that people don't really understand, but they know it's healthy. They know there's some positive outcomes with it. So they just kind of do it. Um, But anyway, I was out there by his house and I just hopped in after a workout. I don't even think it was that cold. I think it was like 50, which isn't really that cold at all. I mean, it's cold. It's cold. It's kind of cold. It's cold, but I'm in California. 50 is cold. (laughs) <laughs> okay well dude i got in yes not yesterday the other day i got in it was like 31 degrees i had to break the ice off anyway whatever it was like 50 the first time i got in and i was like wow this is intense this is really hard to sit here and not shiver and you know you're you're shivering and now now we're talking about targeting specific like visceral fat that surrounds organs so now we're talking about pretty you know pretty pretty serious like health outcomes here that that are very positive um but so i'm shivering and i'm like oh man i haven't like experienced this in forever this is not super expensive to kind of get into i got home from that weekend bought um a hundred gallon tank filled it up i have i have a um thermometer in it for less all less than a hundred bucks so um I've just been hopping in whenever I can. Like this morning I worked out at home. So I hopped in right after, um, when I work out, like when I swim and then I lift or something, I can't really hop in right after cause I'm already out of the house. So 
I'll just hop in for a couple minutes later in the day. I love it. I absolutely love it. Like it's, it's really hard to get in sometimes, but your, your acute level of alertness is just like super intense. Yeah. Yeah. Super intense. So your, your initial, um, like mental acuity is improved. Of course, your, um, at the very, very least, this is what I said to somebody else the other day, because they asked, they asked like, what are the benefits? I said, well, first of all, at the very least, you're more comfortable in the cold, period. If you put yourself in the cold, you become more comfortable in the cold. So at the very least, there's no other benefit. The benefit, there's one, you know, you get a little bit more comfortable in the cold, but, um, after, so I read this recently after, um, endurance focused sessions, cold water, um, reduces inflammation, um, reduces soreness, similar to like, um, similar effects or or benefits of like deep tissue massaging, I guess it's, uh, it heals your joints a little bit faster. Um, if you, you know, if it was like a high impact type of session, you know, running miles and miles, uh, your ankles, your knees, your hips might feel a little bit better, you know, acutely. Um, and then if you're, if you're training more like strength power, so more like resistance training or lifting something like, and I have no experience with this, so I can't really talk about it, but I did read that something like that, um, a cold air exposure, like cryotherapy would be more beneficial in terms of recovery. And I don't know those mechanisms or anything, but, um, anyway, it's been super, you know, popular lately. Um, I've kind of been in the world, but not for, not since like 10 years ago when I was in my doc program. So I'm kind of back in the world and I'm really enjoying it. Um, and you know, there's, there's something to be said also to, um, you know, the, the mental aspect, a lot of people, you know, put yourself in some uncomfortable position, get more comfortable with that. Sure. That's great. Even if there are no other physiological benefits, but I do like it. I'm looking forward to seeing how things feel more long-term. It's only been a few weeks, but I didn't know if you had any, any takes on it because it is super hot lately, right? No pun intended. It is yeah. super hot lately. <laughs> no, I just, I do think it's funny that uh, it is kind of making a little comeback too. And like you said too, it's kind of like one of those new fads. It's like, you know, yeah. egg white, eat egg whites instead of whole eggs or, oh, coconut oil is the next new thing or MCT oil, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, oh, beetroot powder. It's all like, you know, the same like little spin-off thing of something great that's been around forever that, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, dude, Joe Rogan says something and freaking 10 million dudes do it the next day, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, which is awesome. I mean, I'm not obviously saying yeah. anything whole plunges. I mean, I think the research is out there and you already brought up obviously some uh, some pretty good, you know, benefits from it. Uh, the I just wanted to touch on two things. So I know uh, the visceral fat, which in case people don't know what visceral fat is, that's the fat that surrounds your organs. That's the fat that you do not want. Uh, and I know that it somehow targets it. I don't know exactly how that works either. So it's um, shivering, I, shivering as a mechanism um, starts targeting brown fat. Yeah. So it's actually uh, it's funny that you mentioned that. I think I actually heard that at uh, some speaker at the ACSM conference. <laughs> really? Actually, yeah, I was briefly talking about that. But uh, one other thing too with the hypertrophy uh, aspect for uh, cold plunges, I think from what I've read, it's you're supposed to do it three to four hours post uh, resistance training because mm. inflammation is good for your muscle. In case a lot of people don't realize that, uh, it does 
the inflammation is supposed to be set in place just because inflammation in your muscle will eventually, you know, you need the inflammation on a build hype or if you want to try and build muscle later. So that you don't want to limit that while dumping yourself into like a cold immersion tank. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's a really good point. So yeah, you're, you're, you got to remember, that's a really good point. You got to remember you're breaking, you're breaking the stuff down that you want to ultimately repair (laughs) right in your training session. So um, you don't want to completely eliminate that inflammation. Um, but to the degree of, you know, something like a delayed onset muscle soreness, it, it'll, it'll reduce the likelihood of, of excessive fatigue or excessive soreness, I guess. But, um, and I think there was one other, it does have a little bit of, um, and, and again, acute, I'm not sure about chronic. It does have a little bit of an acute, um, improvement in immune function. And I heard this that is part, actually you heard that allergies yeah allergies and i heard that it helps with asthma as well mm-hmm. once again i would have to do more research but i was just going to say switching the to the opposite side i've been playing around with sauna like nice. every day now <laughs> nice dude I, I i could go down a rabbit hole with sauna too i'm i'm a believe it or not i actually have been reading some stuff about going cold hot cold hot Mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of both water and air in either scenario so you know cold air to hot air cold air to hot water cold water to hot air cold water to hot water it's, it's crazy like how all the different things the different combinations of the extreme environmental exposures that if you just do for a little bit so this cold water immersion somewhere between 10 and 12 minutes per week and you're expected to see these benefits per week. That's two minutes a day for six days. It's nothing, <laughs> right? Like who doesn't have that time? You know, now, now time is one thing. Time is one thing, but you know, who doesn't have the mental fortitude or the, you know, the, the willingness to try it. That's different, right? A hundred bucks, two minutes a day. Easy. It's uh... <laughs> so literally the same thing with sauna too i mean obviously it's a little bit less available to people than a cold uh than a cold plunge but yeah same thing with sauna it's like what you need to sit in a sauna for anywhere between it's like you have to have a slight belly sweat and then you got to sit in it for like another 10 minutes or something to release all the heat shock proteins and you know you can obviously work through like more range of motion and yeah everything too and it can even uh i know sauna has been proven the what help with cardiovascular function and like oh absolutely uh, blood volume plasma blood volume. Yeah, decreases all co- comorbidities like i think they're actually comparing comparing saunas health benefits to exercises and like you literally can't take a pill for it yeah like it reduces everything what i will say to anybody especially young people out there too there is a reason why older like demographics of people tend to favor the sauna which is hilarious like the kids that are 20 should be doing what the 70 year olds that are doing you yeah. know what i'm saying like yeah. <laughs> like the guys that tell you, oh, don't lift heavy because you're going to be regretting it when you get older. It's the same dudes that are going and sitting in the stock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen to the old timers. Yeah, man. They've been around the gym longer than you. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, there's a reason yeah. why they do it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't, oh, man, I don't have any access to sauna out here, but it's something I would love to have eventually. Um, man, we could, we could continue this conversation and, and talk about sauna too. But, um, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm all about um, environmental stuff 
physiology specifically. I mean, I, that was essentially what my entire, it wasn't my entire, right. But that's where I chose to kind of focus my area of study during my doc program was essentially environmental physiology, which I, I'm just like, I love it. I love like just seeing what happens in weird scenarios and high humid, um, high heat, low heat, cold water, air, love all of it. It's just, it's just so many benefits from just tiny, tiny little exposures, but to very, very extreme hypoxic as well, man, we could talk about that one for hours probably, but tiny, just tiny little exposures, but very, very extreme environments. Um, you know, and, and think about that in terms of exercise too. That's really what we're doing with exercise and training. Yeah. Within a 30 minute session, or even if it's an hour session, you might only accumulate like 20 minutes at super high intensities or maybe not at all. Right. But that exposure to the extreme on one end or the other, that's what's going to elicit adaptation. Okay. Like it's, it's the same thing with exercise as it is what we would call quote environment. You create these hard environments with your training too, the way that you're training the intensity, the focus of your training, the consistency of your training, you're creating this new environment. So, I mean, it's exercise and then these environmental exposures, they just have so many similarities. That's why I, I kind of fell in love with uh, environmental physiology, uh, you know, 10, 10 or so years ago. I absolutely love it. Go back, man. <laughs> I know. It's so weird to say. It's weird to say. Um, let me think. 2023? Okay, maybe like nine, eight or nine years ago. All right, ten years. All right. Chill, all right. chill with that. I was just, I was just feeling all nostalgic when you said uh, the hypoxic stuff with the with yeah. the chain. You know, like I, yeah. oh God, I do not miss that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chill with the ten years. I got ahead of myself. Eight to nine. We'll stick with that. Hey man, but, you're the, um, the one who's dating yourself, not me. <laughs> oh man, something happened in one of my classes the other day. I was, I was like man, you guys weren't even born for this. I was talking about something and it was, I couldn't even believe it. Like it, it's, it's happening, right? I'm, I'm getting older, but you know, my students are, are the same age every single year. It's really strange. Yeah, dude. Well, uh, well, yeah, I mean, just, <laughs> I mean, you were my, well, yeah, I mean, you know, like, <laughs> bro, believe me, I know. I mean, like yeah. dude, I'm 20, 29 yeah. now, Lies, I get it. Yeah, weird. So real quick, just a few minutes left, but um, um, you are starting along with our other nutrition expert and coach, you're starting a little um, like short nutrition series, like 90 seconds to two minute little tiny clips. If you guys, if you're listening and following along, we posted our first one, um, our first one yesterday, and we'll continue to post them at least once a week, somewhere in there, once, maybe twice a week, just tiny little clips, um, some quick nutrition tips or information you want to talk about that real quick yeah so uh the short videos are basically just uh summaries of i guess you'd say more like uh hot topics within like the nutrition side of things you know approach to macros pre and during race nutrition uh i think i did one on hydration just basically i summarized very i guess you'd say uh in-depth topics in about 90 seconds to two minutes. And then I'm going to be making some, I guess you'd say more in-depth, like longer videos, really breaking down, like how carbohydrates impact performance, like how hydration impacts performance, like all these things. Um, 
something I'll basically try and give tips where, you know, you could take the general or like average person and they could apply these things as well. Um, but yeah, I just want to give very short, no clickbait, you know, information yep. on, because I mean, what I think that what is the saying with the internet? It's like for every one truth, there's like six or seven lies. Really? I just want to put out, I just want to put out good content that actually works that, you know, people can actually use and not just waste your money doing something else. Yeah, absolutely. And what, what's, um, <clears throat> what's, what's really cool about those videos is that, um, um, our other nutrition coach, Ashley will also be kind of hopping on board and, and creating her own little series. And eventually we're, we're actually going to bring both, both you, Kenny and coach Ashley as well. Um, uh, probably onto the same podcast, answer some questions, kind of just talk a little bit about any and everything related to, um, some of these, these topics that, that you just kind of alluded to hydration, pre-race, intra-race, all this, you know, carb loading, whatever, whatever the hot topic is. And kind of along those lines, if you're listening and you have a question about anything, or you have a topic that you want to hear more of, you know, let us know, um, comment, find us on the socials, um, at Hill Pursuit, Facebook, Instagram, send us an email, hillpursuit at gmail.com. If you have any questions or, you know, topics that you want to hear either just on the podcast or in the nutrition shorts, let us know. Um, and, and we'll, we'll gladly do that. Um, real, real quick. We got a minute. What, uh, where can people reach out to you, Ken? I know we've done this a hundred times, but what's your email? Where can they find you? Uh, progressive strength 12 at gmail.com and progressive strength project is my Instagram as well as my Google business page and my Yelp page. Cool. So definitely reach out to Ken if you have any questions. Um, Ken, thanks for coming on, man. This, this is always fun. Um, we, you know, we didn't really try it, but I think we, um, went down some some good lines some good discussion today so um again find us wherever you can all the socials facebook instagram we're on youtube the cast now airs on spotify podbean google apple find all of it all right this was episode 70 of 70 of the hill pursuit podcast Peace.